Welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes Podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined by Nick Sutherland from MindFit. Um, I'm just thinking now that people would have heard the jingle. Remember, I forgot that we had a jingle last week um, that I made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Must have been a while ago. Good job, me. Sort of pat on the back. Um, so, yeah, I hope everyone's enjoying that jingle. It was a bit of a banger, wasn't it, from memory? We should, uh, should listen yeah. to it again. Um, Nico's here. Uh, someone's having a ripping a bong next to him you can see the smoke or is it that or you're having some sort of seance there you're just being wafted on by a gentle oh wow for those that are uh, not on youtube and just listening nick has what would you call that some sort of little potted plant set up with a giant stick of incense coming out of the potting mix and yeah is that a certain type of incense surrounded by incense have flavors well, there's different forms of incense. This is the the stock standard Nag Champa. Ah, oh, of course, Nag Champa. But probably yeah. my in my top four uh, yeah. incense flavors, <laughs> the old Nag Champa, a ripper. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just my go-to. It's yeah, stock standard. You know what you're getting from it. So. It's very predictable. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's great to be here. The Maharaji of mindfulness is in town. And um, self-proclaimed. Yeah. Yep, yep, I'm running with it. Um, You've got a run yeah, sheet dr- today. I can't believe I don't know what's on the run sheet, but uh, <laughs> a run. I thought you were planning. When you said, I'm just finishing the run sheet, I thought you were planning out your day or something, like what chores need to be done around the house. But you're committed and you're focused to this show, and I love it. I don't I don't have a run sheet for life, Ryan. I just turn up and I just be there. And I just Yours would be more right. of a walking sheet. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I was chatting with a client yesterday, and uh, this is something we're going to touch on later. Um, it was a motivation and everything. And, uh, and I shared with them, I got rid of my to-do list. So I found having a to-do list, I became more unproductive because I started getting overwhelmed. I started procrastinating and, oh, it's just so much. And blah, blah. So I, I got rid of my to-do list, and it's I've become so much more productive because I just turn up. I'll just walk into the shed or I'll walk into the office or wherever I'm spending my time and energy that day. And then I'll just start on something and then it'll just roll and roll and roll. And next thing you know. And how do you know like what that. to start with? You just, if you walk into the office, that'll just present itself. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. And walk into the shed and you just start moving this and moving that. And all of a sudden you get a saw in your hand and you get a chainsaw and then you're sharpening a chainsaw blade. Then you've, Outside, you're hooking a trailer up, and you're felling some dead trees, and you're chopping. You got a trailload of firewood, and then you're next thing you're burning some green. And you know, end of the day comes around, and you're like, "Wow, that was." And and, and there was no manufacturing. There's no "I have to." There's no forcing of it. It's just a very organic um, and wonderful experience. It's very, uh, it's very valuable for me to hear at the minute because I'm finding myself a little bit. You know, my to do. I've I haven't got many. I have a little. To, I literally have one next to me right now. But more of my to dos at the minute are like up in my head, and I'm finding myself lately, yeah, getting a little bit frustrated because I'm finding myself uh, focusing a little bit more on the things that I'm not getting done as opposed to the things that I am. And so this is a really tra- gentle little, yeah, gentle little reminder for me. You know, I've been I've have all these. 
you know, ideas and things that I want to do. And then we've been a little bit crooking here the last couple of weeks and we've had different bits and pieces going on. And I actually was uh, speaking to um, uh, a coach yesterday and I said, I just feel like I'm I'm at about I'm doing about 20% of what I'm capable of. And he goes, I reckon you're doing about 120% of what you're capable of. You need to just know what you're capable of at the minute. And so him saying that and you saying that is I feel myself on a, on a little bit of a different path now. That's great. Wonderful. It's um, We offer to clients that we can't do it all, be it all, say it all, know it all, have it all. And um, you know, the three beliefs that we use must be loved and liked, must be perfect and must get what I want. And the antithesis of those is we're all ignorant, incompetent and mediocre to some degree and that's okay. So it really helps us to get out of this I have to mentality and this sense of deficiency I'm not doing enough. And we start to sit in this, I am doing enough, then this is okay. And nature never rushes, yet everything is accomplished. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I trust, it's, it's more living in trust instead of anxiety. I trust that I'll get done what needs to get done, uh, but I don't need to to complete it all other, 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 to, to finish life. You know, it's, it's. Imagine that. We'd, we'd get a bit funny, wouldn't we? We've finished life and you're like, well, I'm only. <laughs> I'm only 40-something. <laughs> what are we going to do? It's like uh, I heard Jordan, Jordan Peterson on Rogan once and he he said something. It's like this. Uh, I think he was talking about meaning, you know, and and purpose. And he was saying it's like everybody's sort of idea is like, you know, one day they're going to be okay and they'll retire. And the images they conjure is like just sipping a margarita on a beach, you know, somewhere in paradise. And he goes, but how long are you going to do that for? Like mm. you could, a few hours, like maybe a few days, you could maybe stretch it to a few weeks, but that's not something you're going to do for 30 years. <laughs> you know, you'll get very bored very quickly. It'll get old and you'll probably get liver toxicity. But um, that's where, you know, you, it doesn't mean we don't enjoy those things, but I think a deeper meaning and mission and purpose. And that's why, you know, I, I think that's I'll never retire. I don't see myself as someone who has something to retire from, to be honest. I think we spoke about it before. That's why many women struggle when the kids leave home because they lose that sense of purpose and meaning. Uh, they've heavily identified as I am a mother um, and it's been very one-dimensional and men struggle when they retire. And- I am a provider, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so or, or I am an architect or I am a therapist and then when they stop being that, they lose that identity or that sense of purpose or whatever and they, they struggle to transition into this next chapter. So- and then and then we a lot of then our a lot of people's unconscious material then can come up uh, because there's space for it to happen and that can be quite uncomfortable. I remember I've seen it many times this one particular client uh, the center was this lady and she was um uh, at this retirement age and she'd been, you know, retired for uh, 12 months or so and it was so interesting because uh, she was sort of speaking how she struggled so much with anxiety and, and other feelings and whatnot since retirement. And she sort of intuitively knew she's like, I can just feel these. It's always been there, you know, since I was a kid, like since I was a teenager and I feel like it's roots are, are back then, but, you know, I got to school and then I just worked my whole life and, you know, busted my ass. And by staying busy, I was able to, I could like keep it at bay, you know, keep the mm. wolf at bay. Mm. But now all of a sudden I've stopped and it has space and and there it is. You know, it's right there. And that's why, you know, one of the things 
I'm sure we've spoken about this on the show, but you know, people like time heals all wounds, and it's like, yeah, not really. <laughs> it, can, <laughs> not it, can really. Actually, it can actually just fester and make it worse. One hundred percent. He's looking at the run sheet. What's no, first no. cab off the rank? Well, I wonder if you're wearing pants today, because. Um, yeah. uh, you are. You're, you're back in. You're back to wearing pants. All right. Okay. Can you give a bit of context? People are going to think I'm there's, a nudist or something. Been, there's been some regression since yesterday. So yeah, I've come back a bit. <laughs> um, me and Nick oh, were having oh, a, a funny conversation, which ended up in me saying that I'm just wearing undies from now on and I'll never wear pants. It was about strides. Yeah. What do we like? I guess that that's apt. Like strides, you know. Oh, you I'm said stri- I'm striding we- in them. You said I'll be recording tomorrow at eight thirty, and I said you bet your strides on it. And then you went, I don't want to bet my strides on it. I love these; they're amazing strides. And um, it started up this, we're well, very codependent on it, and um, and that's a weak link for our golf tournament because you know if the opposition finds out that you've got this weak link, they're going to pick at that and use it against us as a team. And I'm here to support you, and then. You came around to, all right, I've just burnt all my pants. I've, I've, I've done it. I feel free. I'm walking down the street naked. This is a new way of living. This is amazing. And then you turn up today in a pair of strides. Well, I realised that I'm not going to be able to get into these golf clubs without any pants on. Oh, that's true. So yeah. you've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other, and now you found that middle ground, that balanced. So- I've My pendulum is has come to the middle. It's come at rest in the middle. I've gone from one extreme to the other, and now I'm sitting just nicely in the middle. So I don't know if there's many better feelings apart from flushing a six iron and seeing this drawer into a touch Ooh. pin behind a bunker Ooh. and rolling Deary up to three me. feet. To all you non-golfers uh, listening, try it. Keep playing until you get, you get that and you'll know what we're talking about. The compression, the flushness, it's just... Oh. Um, I don't know if there's many better feelings apart from that than being present and... Uh, M came to me on the weekend and she said, all right, I need to start meditating. But it's like going to the gym. If I just start doing it on my own, you know, I'll sort of faff about or whatever. So can you can you run me through a meditation boot camp? And I was like, sure. So um, 6 o'clock every morning. So we get up at quarter to 6, 6 o'clock, sitting and begin the meditation. And I just do a guided meditation, run us through it. Uh, and that's been wonderful. And then we have a, uh, then we go for a walk um, with the dogs around the property with a herbal tea. Um, peppermint is the flavour of choice this week. Oh yeah. And so we're cruising around, and we're just having a mindful walk. We're not talking about what we have to do today or what we have to do tomorrow. Thing. We're just noticing. Well, oh, have you seen this plant? Or look at that tree, and and just really sort of, oh, I hear that bird. Just really sort of. It's a very meditative and grounding walk um, and with the doggos. And then we'll come back and then we'll, we'll go about our day. Next week, we're going to introduce more yoga and Pilates after it as well. Um, so that's been wonderful. But I've added on top of that as well. So I'm not, I'm not adding any – I'm not stimulating the mind or the, the nervous system for the first hour of the day. So – do the meditation, do the walk, have the herbal tea. So I'm not drinking my usual cup of tea. I'm not going anywhere near my phone or my laptop or anything. Um, and, you know, there's this plant on the property called um, Lantana. 
and it's it's a it's a it's a pest. It's a weed. It's very invasive. Um, and we had these trucks cleared, and so it's opened the property up. We can walk around, and I've I've noticed this lantana, and it's it's been a bit of a trigger to me every time I've said, "Oh, there's lantana. Oh, I'm going to get it. Oh, I'm going to, you know." And there's been this real attachment, this real aversion to it. And so this morning, part of my meditative practice in the walk was to notice the lantana and just allow it to be. And going back to you know, you said you, you're feeling a bit overwhelmed with everything and focusing on what you haven't done that's that's me practicing that and a mantra i've come up with is that I, i'm using and i use mantras a lot when i'm trying to recondition myself is i'm at peace with how imperfect my ego is perceiving this to be and having looking at it through that frame it's like all right it's just my ego is perceiving this to be imperfect it's not it's not in perfect or imperfect it just is and it gets me out of that space and so i can observe it objectively and okay and then trust that a version of me this week or next week will attend to the lantana or will attend to whatever needs attending to and it's just um yeah like like this morning i just sat in the sunshine over there and I ate my breakfast very mindfully and slowly, and it's it's just it's such a pleasure. It's such a, but not pleasure in dopamine. It's it's such a just just being here. There, there's so much to do. We we have Chippy starting back here. We've got renovations. We've got business growing. We've got this and that and all sorts of stuff going on. But it's all just there. None of it's you know it's all asking something of me. But I'm in this position where I get to allocate and choose what I give and when I give it, mm-hmm. instead of just 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 mindlessly pouring myself into it all. So that's that's, um, that's really beautiful. I mean, a couple of things to me there. It's like your the importance of you know starting the day on your terms. You know, normally we we start the day on. on <laughs> somebody else's terms or technology's terms and we start taking in way too much information too early and putting ourselves in a fight or flight and the whole day spent in some degree to a fight or flight so that's really important to the degree that we can do that you're making me think about um my uh neighbor when we were living on the beach in frankston and i remember one day it wasn't long after i met him and yeah he was had these garden beds and everything set up and then he was, yeah, there was this, I can't remember the name of it, but there was some type of, it must have been a weed or something. But I remember him out there and I saw him out there about three days in a row and he was trying to find and eradicate this particular thing. And I remember looking at him and because I'm in no way, shape or form, any type of gardener or green thumb or whatever. I'm like, man, I've never known someone to hate a, a plant <laughs> so much. Like he was fucking on the lookout and he was like, where is, oh, there, is that one there? No, nah, it's not glad nearly is though, but you know, but then, I can then think about that in my own form, you know, and that might be me taking the, you know, and we all do this. It's like the the totality of our life, which is many different things and many different facets. And then maybe one thing is uh, being misperceived as a problem by my ego, as you so eloquently put it. And so out of all the things, I kind of fixate on that. And that becomes the, uh, uh, I've really narrowed in on it. It becomes such a bigger thing than it is in the totality of, of my life, but I've made it bigger because I've really just, just it's taking up my, my time and my frustration and my energy. Well, it's taking up all of your vision and focus as well. It's right here in front of your face instead of, you know, pushing it back out there and being able to see everything. So 
We we term that to be a cognitive distortion, and the distortion is disqualifying the positives. So when you hone in and focus on the imperfections or what you're not doing or what's not going well for you, um, and, and that sort of sits right in front of your face, it is it is a critical thinking error. It is a, an unhelpful thinking style. So it's really important to have awareness when you fall into that trap and you've started to hone in and get a bit hyper-focused on what you haven't done or how many weeds there are or whatever and really start practicing this pulling back and and allowing it all to be there and start looking at what you have done this week or look at all the beautiful plants that, that do exist instead of just the weeds or you know, look at the how many laughs you have had with your partner if, if you're sort of you know, struggling in your relationship or look at what you have achieved at work in terms of not just doing the work but you know, how am I helping others at work if, if work's an issue or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, it's a good practice to have. Um, but, but you need to be aware that, that is a, a, you're in a distorted state there. You're, you're seeing things out of shape. Yeah, absolutely. And also you spoke about, you know, being present is kind of one of the best feelings and I completely agree with you. But then part of me thinks like, you know, when we're present to what, and I know that a lot of people might, you know, decide they want to meditate um, to become more present, but when they meditate, you know, all of their fears and insecurities are coming to the surface. So they're kind of present to their fears and insecurities. And that oftentimes isn't a great feeling um, for a lot of people. And a lot mm -hmm. of what we've you know, spoken about on this show, it's like, and I love the how you literally, when you speak about it, you like lean back because that's kind of what it's like. It's like I'm really in my stuff and so I just need to lean back for a minute. And so mm -hmm. it's very important that we can be present to our fears, our insecurities, our grief, our, you know, our regrets, all of this kind of stuff because if we remain present, don't judge it and don't push it away, all those things want to, you know, release or give us some sort of information to move on. And on, on the other side of that, which I've found time and time again, is then we get to be present for just, you know, what's here and now, you know, beyond all of this baggage that we've accumulated. Yeah, and it's a great question. What are you present with? Um, you can be present with anything, pleasant or unpleasant, but it's about where are you positioned. And for me... I'm, I'm positioned in that space between stimulus and response. So the stimulus might be, hey, Nick, you've done this great, or congratulations, Nick, or thanks, Nick, or maybe uh, look at all everything I haven't done or look at what's not going well or look at how much there is to do. That's all sort of – all the stimulus for me is, is quite equal. It's all – it's not good or bad or – or right or wrong at all because that would be black and white thinking that's another distortion so when we're talking about being present it's really just sitting in that space in observation of everything and as you said you know without judgment without pushing it away or wishing it wasn't there because then there's an attachment there and that's going to pull you straight out of that space and you'll be in neurosis and you'll be in your analytical mind and everything so yeah it's it's a it's just it's, it's so peaceful in that space and it's so beautiful to see things as they are you know it's it's, it's what the buddha achieved in, in enlightenment and um we obviously move in and out of that space i'm not in there permanently of course but 
um, there are certain practices and things that you can do to help yourself naturally move into there as a byproduct of these other things like not stimulating your mind or body for the first hour of the morning, um, just, just sort of meeting the day on your terms. That's a great expression that you, that you said before. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Well, we, you know, we set the tone for the day uh, with the minute we open our eyes. And, you know, from that point on, uh, life's going to life and things are going to happen and we're going to, someone will cut us off in traffic, someone will say something at work, you know, kids will do something like, you know, things happen. But, you know, if we can start the day going, hey, this is this is my day, this is my terms, I'm living in here, all I'm experiencing is thoughts, emotions in the outside world. So it's up to me how I'm going to relate to that. And, that, and relating to it means we are leaning back and we're not just stuck in it reacting all day. Um, and so if we start the, I often would get clients to just draw that little diagram, you know, next to their bed or on the mirror in the bathroom when they're brushing the teeth, where it's like you circle up the top, you know, and you can think about that as your consciousness or the seat of self or spirit. And then you got the outside world thoughts and emotions. And that's all, they're quite broad categories, but that's all that you're going to experience all day. And so your mm. path is like, how am I relating to those things? Are they pissing me off, frustrating me? Am I reacting all day? Am I wanting them to all be different? Or am I relating to them from this place up here? Yeah. And so we but, then, I think we don't compound the issue when we can be more objective and look at things from that seat of self. Yeah. Well, wonderful advice for, for clients. I would add to that, you know, those, those three circles, also sensations, as well, because they're very yeah. I would put them under true. under emotions. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's interesting. The biggest source of of stimulus is the self, uh, because you're with yourself twenty four seven. So, I've noticed in clients recently, many of them are reacting to the self or past versions of the self, and. So they're not in that seat of self. They're not the eye behind the eye observing. Yeah. Um, objectively, uh, sitting in that space and just noticing, ah, oh, that, that's what yesterday's version of me did, and and that's wonderful. And this is, you know, they're caught up in in the I must be perfect, and and uh, oh, well, I didn't do this, and then they disqualify the positives. They didn't do this, and, and then they label themselves. Oh, geez, I'm an idiot for doing that. Oh God, I suck, and and then they start beating themselves up and blaming, and all of a sudden they're spiraling down and down and down, yeah. all the while going. Oh, I'd like to be happy. You know, well, <laughs> that math ain't mathing. You yeah. know, it's uh, <laughs> uh, just ain't. So, um, yeah, the, the, the consciousness gets sucked in. You know, it's like I can have these little moments where it's like, oh, wow, okay, I can see myself. I can see my life and my thoughts and emotions, and I can sit here and I can watch the way I react. But then if something causes a big reaction, that conscious kind of goes, gets sucked in. And if we don't have the, I guess, the training and the skills and the time practicing it to pull ourselves out, then we will. We'll ruminate and we can get stuck down there for weeks, you know, maybe longer. And all of a sudden we come out of it and we're like, oh, yeah, I've been judging and beating myself up for the last six weeks. <laughs> I'll try and get back in that seat of self now. <laughs> I had a, 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 a client I've got in England, a beautiful man. And, uh, and, He's doing a monthly maintenance program and the last three sessions, so the last three months, I've noticed 
he's presented more erratic and he what he's been discussing there's been more of a theme of drama to it there's been more of a you know and, and this is happening that's happening and, and uh, it's, it's been really interesting to observe and then yesterday he said that he had a um, he had this erratic heart thing and he felt sort of all dizzy and whatever and he went to the hospital and they put him on the ECG thing and um, gave him some heart pills and medication and then they said, oh, you know, we'll, we'll restart your heart in a couple of weeks, you know, to sort of reset the system in it. Uh, and he said the doctor hasn't rung him back yet <laughs> um, to do that. Right. Uh, and I said, oh, and then he said, oh, it's happened before, a very off-the-cuff remark. He said, you know, it's happened before, but I sort of ignored it and blah, 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 and kept going. And I was like, when, when did it happen that when you ignored it? He said, oh, about three months ago. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and what happened is you know, I just got up in the middle of the night and, um, yeah, then got felt really dizzy, fell over, hit my head on the coffee table. Uh, and then crawled onto the couch and went to sleep. And I was just like, God, I'm so glad you woke up. Um, mm. And, you know, head injury and, and heart <laughs> going wild. <laughs> it reminded me of that billboard, you know, the leading cause of death in men is stubbornness. And because um, yeah, <laughs> we don't go and get help. Um, That's because we're fine. And, yeah. and he, he also had a panic attack about that stage as well. And he said, so I've been exercising more, um, you know, and, and the doctor said no caffeine or beer, but, you know, I've been drinking a few more beers and having a few more coffees and whatnot. So, and I, I said to him, it just dawned on me. That I said, I could have, I said to him, when did you, when did you stop your meditative practice? Because he was, he was very diligent with it. It was, it was, and he was doing really well with it. And he said, oh, about three months ago. And I, oh, now, I'm not going to say that this is because of this or whatever. Go and see a doctor, follow your medical advice and all of that. But let's play around with it a little bit. So you stop. You, I said, knowing your nature, you burn pretty hot, right? You, you, you sort of, you're a, and, and, and then you, you, you weight lift and, and you, you put all this stress on the heart and the body and then you drink caffeine and then you drink some beers all while running hot. And so you had this meditative practice that would not make you run so hot and then you wouldn't need all these extra things on top of that, all these coping mechanisms. And I said, I could have said to you, just on the way that you're presenting, I would have said, You've stopped meditating. I could, I, I noticed it just, just in your, and he goes, Really? And his mind was blowing. Goes, oh, how could I not see? And it was this hilarious conversation after that. But, you know, I was like, it, It's so interesting that the words medication and meditation have only one letter that's different. And he's yeah. like, Oh, I'm on heart pills and they're going to restart my heart and give me this heart procedure. And I was like, Yeah. Once again, I'm not a doctor. Don't. I'm not going to give you medical advice, but I wonder what would happen if you started meditating again. If you would be able to recalibrate your nervous system and, and the state of your heart and everything. He's like, oh my god. Oh. It comes back really? to uh, yeah. So we just can't see the forest for the trees sometimes, can we? No, um, no. And 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 it takes that objective, you know, view to look at it. And yeah, for him, it's like this word balance again. It's like you know those. 
yang so if we so i have a very my nature is very much yang dominant and so and when we're yang yang means more like working out as opposed to working in and so let me do 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 okay what if i'm gonna lift weights blah blah blah. so i've got a like my path and the same hopefully for this guy once he gets your message is i have to focus on the yin because the yang's mm-hmm. just too e. old naturally do all the yang like that's no there's the if there's no persuasion needed for yang activities yeah. um and then it's interesting because yeah we cause more stress on the body exactly like you're talking about with this guy because then the body starts burning out it gets tired i need more caffeine i need more things to help me get through and which is all more stimulation and so we're always trying to and so and i've met many people and work with many people who it's the reverse you know their nature yeah exactly yeah and so i'm our- very yin and M's very yang so yeah I need to go and exercise more. I need to go and be more hands-on. I need to be more external um, because I'm very at peace internal. I'm very, you know, meditate till the cows come home. But Em's saying, I'm struggling with meditation. I'm struggling to get into my yin. Can you help me as a yin person to get in there? And that's great. That's great that you can, you know, help each other you're literally like the, the yin and yang sign yeah. you know um and so for those people listening have a think about you know what your nature is you know what's your disposition because then once you know that and so it's not just so for me it's not just knowing that i have to do these practices where i'm slowing down you know i need to instead of going to the gym and lifting weights maybe i just need to stretch for 45 minutes you know i need to keep in touch with my meditation practice it's also the food that we put into our body you know there are more fiery foods and more cooling foods. And so what am I putting into my body? And so for me, I naturally <laughs> like, I like eating the fiery foods M more. And loves chili and I don't. And That's I know so Nico doesn't love chili after Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't like or dislike, it's my body has low tolerance for it. Um, <laughs> and and help me to lose eight kilograms in 24 hours. Um, um any excuse yeah, that's really interesting, yes. so yeah so the, <laughs> the, the, the there's the hot and cold foods and i recommend you know looking into that a lot of um a lot of eastern philosophy around nutrition we'll talk about that but uh, we, we also have mental nutrition so we also have hot and cold information coming in i don't like drama and news and Oh, this and that, and very noisy sort of stuff. I'm, I'm, I was literally just watching a documentary before we started. Ahimsa, it's about peace and cultivating peace within self. And uh, so, yeah, nutrition's not just physical; it's it's mental as well. So, what are you consuming mentally and physically, and maybe having that bit of a balanced diet? That's right. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that you have to, because you might say, "Well, but I love." you know, working out and that kind of thing. And that's fine. Continue doing that, but just making sure, because we've always got this set of internal scales and we start to run into issues when they get, you know, too out of whack. So mm-hmm. we just need to bring them back in. Maybe it's like, well, instead of going and lifting weights four times a week, I'm going to do it two times a week. And the other two times I'm going to do some sort of yin activity where I'm working in. And then and then use yourself as an N of one experiment and go, I'm going to do that for three weeks. And I'm going to write down now how I'm feeling and what I'm experiencing. I'm going to do that. I'm going to eat um, some different foods. I'm going to do all this stuff. 
And in three weeks, I'm going to touch base here and I'm going to, you know, see how I'm going. And then we have this awareness because like that uh, client of yours, we get caught up and we lose track of it. Oh, I think I'm feeling better. I don't think oh, so. Like, give me another coffee. His, give me an energy drink, you know. His, his kids were sick and he moved house and his wife was, you know, so life was really happening for this dude. And the first thing he dropped was his meditation practice. Mm. And so he's learned through two episodes of heart palpitations or irregular heartbeats and the panic attack that he can't drop his meditative practice. That's going to be a, a non-negotiable. But he was, the hilarious thing was, once again, he, he, he was, he had a very unmeditative meditation practice. In turn, and by that I mean he liked to meditate for an hour at five o'clock in the morning. And, right. and then, you know, the kids started getting sick and he'd been up in the middle of the night, so he just wanted to sleep more. So if he couldn't meditate at 5 o'clock, he had this attachment, this desire to meditate and very rigid. And so if he couldn't meditate for an hour at 5 to 6, oh, may as well just not meditate. It wasn't even on his radar to shift his meditative practice to sitting in the car before he goes into the office or at lunchtime. Yeah, like or at 20 minutes, even 15 minutes, you know, it's... Totally. And I said, you've got, to, you've got to be adaptive because you've got your normal, but then you've got these extraordinary periods where work ramps up or kids get sick or life's happening to some degree, you're moving out. And, and that's where we need to be like the suspension on a car. We need to respond appropriately to whatever it is that's happening. And he, he couldn't do it. He didn't have that in the forefront of his mind it's a, it's a, it's such a yang attitude to a yin behavior as well you know it's like i've been doing that as well I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm, how, how much is everyone else doing they're doing 20 minutes i'm doing an hour i'm doing it every day and then it does it inherently becomes unsustainable because life will get in the way <laughs> damn yang heads so, do you remember uh, the, do you remember the what was it called that the headband the the muse headband yeah, what happened with them? Are they still going strong? Yeah, I love them. Yeah. yeah. That was like the, right. the the game. No, no, I just it came into my head about how we, uh, you know, gamifying, I, I suppose, mm. the, the, these kind of practices. And I hadn't thought about that Muse headband in years. And um, I just hadn't heard much and seen much advertising around them. So I was interested. Yeah. That was a – it's a – a headband that you wear and it measures the electrical activity uh, in your brain. Um, you might have heard us on the show before talk about the different brainwave states. So we have uh, uh, beta and there's actually three levels of beta, low, medium and high. And they're very much the focused on the outside world, cognitive thinking, you know, busy, busy, busy. As we start analytical to slow down, mind. analytical mind, we slow down, we come into a, a alpha brainwave where we can start to become more present, have a dual focus of internal and external. Uh, theta, auto, which is autopilot. Like, yep. Theta, which is a state that, you know, is really, we can get to in meditation. It's really beautiful. It's like, I'm not asleep. I'm very awake and alert, but my body is very much slowed down and kind of asleep to an extent. And then Delta when we're asleep. And so that, that headband measured, you know, and what would happen if you got down, if your brainwave slowed down, a little, a bird would come and land on you or something. Yeah. So if, if you, if your mind was quiet and, and not much, activity then the birds would start tweeting and that was a sign that okay your, your mind's quiet and then 
if you, when your mind started to, you know, you started to think a little bit more and get lost in some stream of thoughts, then it would start raining. And the more you were thinking and more activity was, the heavier the rain would get. But it was really interesting because this meditation training aid started creating stimulus that was going to stimulate the mind. So clients would notice the birds and go, oh, you beauty, I'm in that state. And then the birds would stop and the heavy rain were kicking because they've been so excited that there's birds there. So it would have the opposite effect. And uh, it, was, it was so funny. I'm, I remember doing it the day that you brought it in whenever we used it and I'm like, oh, how many, how many birds did you get? <laughs> Ten minutes and you're like, you know, nine or something. And then about halfway through, I've got like one bird. I remember going, come on, birds, for fuck's sake. Relax, mind. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I did it. And it gives you – it's actually pretty good once you learn to use it without getting triggered by the birds or the the, um, rain. But And it keeps you history and it keeps you accountable. You know, it sort of gives you – dopamine hit because you've done five days in a row. Here's an award and that sort of stuff. Um, I did a, I did one and it tells you what percentage of the time you were calm and whatnot. So in five minutes, I I got 44 birds um, and it just, it just looks like it was flatlined. It was so weird. And then clients would come in and they'd do one, and it was just like spike, 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 spike. It was like the Himalayas. It was very, very different. So, yeah, it was good. Once again, it was a good bit of kit, but um, uh, it is helpful. So if anyone's interested, happy to chat about it. Um, conditioning. Conditioning. It's been so interesting to, once again, observe. We've come up to the property. We've left the... The, the four-bedroom suburbia and come to the 40 acres. We've lived in a caravan for eight months now. And mm-hmm. um, that has unconditioned us from living in a house fully. So we've got sort of the, the old miner shack here. It's got a room up one end. That's my office. And there's a room in the middle and there's a room at the other end. And... Yeah, we're building the domes and everything, but we're, we're, our plans have changed due to circumstances, bushfire ratings and whatnot. Um, so we're going to live in the shack for a while. We're going to fit the shack out a bit. And so we we bought a couch 18 months ago from uh, the shop in Dramana. Beautiful couch. And we chucked it on the trailer. We lugged it all the way up here. Um, so it was left in storage down there for a while until we moved. Bought up here. It's been left in storage in the shed here. And we pulled it out on the weekend and put it in the, the middle room in the shack, which is going to be our land room. And we both sat down and we're like, oh, oh, what's it like to sit on a couch here? Because we, we don't have a couch. We right. And it was just this, such a weird experience to observe. Like, And and then we're like, oh, this is the land room. That's a, and, uh, you know, you look at it objectively and you're like, it's it's an old 1800, 1800s miners cottage. It's it's pretty run down. It's 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 just air basically with a couple of windows and a bit of timber here and there. And but we are so excited to move into it. 
to move out of the caravan and it's like a such an upgrade and such is it's a luxury to move into this shitty old shack <laughs> and, <laughs> and sit on a couch it's 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 amazing so it got me thinking about uh you know the cost of living is going up for a lot of people and interest rates and there's a lot of tightening up and a lot of stress and everything and i just i just wondered why people are hanging on to to that way of living and you know we got this 40 acres for 400 grand or whatever um there's there's acreage everywhere for a lot less if you if you wanted it uh, I, don't, I don't know why why aren't people moving out of the cities more onto land being more self-sufficient living off grid we have no bills here we're got our own herb garden growing our own vegetables um just, just why, why are people holding on to that way of life oh it's scary uh not to you know it's it's we we see uh well it's no it, it's uh the the ego misperceives it as scary <laughs> because you know we we get stuck into these patterns and it's conditioning you know we saw our parents do it and all that and it's like you know this is you know I, I remember my dad saying like when i was a kid because i thought marriage was weird like a little bit i'm like so what are we what are we doing here like yeah I, I get like having a big party that's pretty cool and everything but like what why are we Get married and sign a contract, and he goes, "Oh, because that's just deathless part. Because that—that's just what you do." I'm like, "Oh, okay." And I look back, and I'm like, "Come on, Ryan, push a little bit harder than that." For God's <laughs> and I just every every time my dad said, "That's just what you do," I just went, "Okay, yeah." And it's not until I then became an adult, and you know, I'd had that life and was inherently not satisfied with it. Then I'm like, you know, no, it's not just what we do. That's ridiculous. It's like you think about the workforce now, and like baby boomers. We'll always say, you know, you just got to, you know, pull your bootstraps up, pull your socks up and work really hard and work towards retirement. And that's a fucking fantasy now. You know, these baby boomers bought houses for about 20 grand that are worth two and a half million now. And you need about, you know, a million dollar loan to just get into the property market now. But wages haven't increased by anywhere near the same proportion. We just live in a very different world. And so there's cultural conditioning there. And most people, I think you, you made a good point. We have a certain uh lifestyle so now i live in this i live in a two-bedroom house and i have a um a holden commodore and blah 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 and so that gets normalized and now it's like well okay we've got to go into the three-bedroom house and now i'm going to need uh, a better commodore than the one that i've got and so it's always feeling the need to step up because that's what we, we see it's like keeping up with the joneses we see other people and it's like oh well F thingo you know got that car thingo just had this extension done on their house I better, I better do that as well, or do something, or I'll get left behind. Like, what the fuck does that mean? I'll get left behind. Where are you going to get left behind? You know, <laughs> in your two bedroom house with a perfectly functional car, you're just you're getting left behind with yeah. with, with mediocrity. <laughs> I know, yeah. And so, and so, what you're talking about is, and so much I see people teaching. You know, today it's whether it's you hear Wim Hof and his cold exposure and breathing, or people you know, talking about doing extreme, you know, hikes and running. It's like we live in a world where we're fairly comfortable, 
based on the rest of human history. And so we need to kind of create our own conditions for growth. And part of growth is some sort of stress or challenge. And it's like you don't enjoy that couch if you're still living in McRae and, you know, got the couch every day. You After a few years, you see a little mark on it and you're like, oh, we better get a fucking new couch. And it's like, you know, it's the same couch, but you're having this experience of ecstasy sitting in it. You know, it's like the warm fire. Like if you're sitting in front of a warm fire, is that a nice thing? Depends. If I've been out Initially. in the bit, bitter cold, you know, if I've been out working in the cold all day or I've been on some big hike or whatever in, in the snow, then that fire is ecstasy. But if I've just been inside all day anyway, it's like, oh, fucking fire, who cares? You know, I'll put the heating on. It's just the temperature. But- I saw this, um, this, this quote the other day or something. It was, I can't remember it verbatim, but... As long lines of uselessness is a luxury only the rich can afford, and and it was it was is talking about you know if you can't afford to pay someone to do something or you know to get someone else, you've got to you got to learn to figure it out and and this is this is really you know, we are out of our comfort zones up here we you know we are, we can't. We don't have an endless supply of cash to keep throwing at everything, so I am having to learn things. I am having to to get hands on and learn how to use it. YouTube video that. All right, what are we doing here? And it's all it's 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 challenging and it's fucking hard work. And it's, it's sometimes it's tiring, sometimes it's frustrating, but then it's so rewarding and it's so. You know, you, you look back and go, oh, I have a new skill. I I, I can I, I can. I'm of more use now. I can I can do this now, and it's and I think that's inherently more rewarding because it's a life that you and M have chosen, you know. And so it's like we've chosen this, and we know that it's it has these amazing qualities. We know the challenges that it brings, but we chose that, and we're going to deal with those challenges. If I have stepped into a life that kind of feels like it's already been chosen for me by society or by conditioning, then we're much more in a place where we're going to get resentful. We're going to get stuck in a rut. We're like, fucking hell, there's got to be more than this. And people, I think, um, are so stuck in that state of conditioning that you're talking about that they don't realize, like when me and Mal went and, you know, we were in Thailand for over a year. We went back again last year, moved our business online and people are like, oh, I wish I could do that. And it's like, fucking do it then. Well, you can't, like we, people always say, I oh, wish. I remember speaking to a guy over there, this um, uh, British bloke, uh, in Koh Samui and he was running a, a sports bar there and I was chatting to him and I'm like, oh, how did you, you know, come out here? And he goes, oh, I, when I was a teenager, I sort of worked my butt off doing this. I can't remember what the job was, but he builds up a little bit of money and he goes, I'm just going to go live in another country, you know, and he went there and he's made a, a really cool life of it. And so his mates come and visit him, you know, once or twice a year, they'll have a holiday and come over. He goes, literally every time they all go, oh, I wish I could have done this. It's like fucking do it. You can. <laughs> like you kept the option is there. You yeah. know, and, and we, we get to a certain that- point in life and we're like, it's like, well, that's everything. All of these options that I might like to do in my life are ruled out because what? Well, I'm a grown up. I've got a family or, you know, I've got this job that gives me a steady paycheck. We've spoken about the golden handcuffs uh, in the past. It's like, I have this job and I make all this money, but I'm in golden handcuffs because I've got the mortgage, this nice car that I'm trying to fucking show off to people with, you know, says me with a fucking Tesla. I'm not, I understand the, the hypocrisy here. Um, and so we're in these golden handcuffs where now I, I am stuck in a job that maybe I don't love. But I need to keep doing it because I'm married to that paycheck that pays for this cost of living, which keeps going up and up and up. Yeah, it's 
it's it's fear it's anxiety it's insecurity there's a lack of trust it's, it's limiting beliefs it's all it's all your own mind working diligently to keep you safe but the hilarious thing is it's all just perceived threats it's all just the unknown and guarantee if you just turn up if you just move to thailand you figure shit out as you go we had we bought this place sight unseen like there's there's leap of faith number one and then we you know came up here for a few weekends and stay for a week and mow the lawns and i had this cool and i said damn we've got to move up there we've got to we've got to be on the property to really experience it so threw the kids out and packed up the dogs and the trailer and the couch and, <laughs> and up we came and um it's just been figure it out as you go you don't have to know it all you don't have to to be a master at every craft before you can do this it's like just turn up that's it just turn up and then you know what you do you start it starts bringing things out of you being out of that environment that comfort zone it's just you start digging down and and pulling these resources from within you and you start finding, oh, I'm actually quite good at this. Oh, I'm a bit of a natural at that. Oh, I'm like, wow, who would have known? You know, I've been sitting in an office for 30 years and all of a sudden I'm a wonderful gardener. Oh, how, I'm so, so glad I exposed myself to this. So it, it, you can't it's our don't pray for an easy life, pray for the capacity to endure a difficult or a challenging one. It's, it's like get out of that. Stop having your ice baths because you you need to create a source of stress or discomfort in life and go and live outside of your comfort zones a little bit more. Beautiful, beautiful I'm having, advice. I'm, ha- I'm having a metaphoric ice bath every day. <laughs> you are. Is that why your nipples are so hard all the time? Mm, you know that, you know, girlfriend. Um, yeah, my my chiropractor. He, uh, I went in there yeah a month or two ago, and he's like, "Oh, just letting you know, you know, I'm I'm finishing up um, end of this week." And then he introduced me. He goes, "Oh, this is so and so. He'll be taking over the clinic." And I'm like, "Where are you going?" He goes, um, "I'm going. I'm taking the family. We're just gonna have a year driving around Australia." I'm like, "Fuck, mate, that's awesome." And I'm like, yeah, "You know, where, yeah. where are you gonna go?" And he goes, "I don't know. We'll just head up the east coast and just see what happens." And you know, and then I literally. I literally, I was getting something done out in the, in reception and I heard the next person he was explaining and I heard the guy go, oh, I wish I could do that. And then it's like, it's, and he's got three kids. And so it's like, people go, no, I can't pull the kids out of school. I kind of, it's like, you fucking can. You have so many more options in life than you think you have because your um, conditioning has led you to believe you're in some sort of cage that you can't get out of. There's this 10 out of 10 rule that we apply to the, many things in life and we teach clients to use. And, and this is an example where you can use that 1080 10 rule. So 80% of the time people will go, oh, I wish I could do that. That's probably the most common answer. 10% of people will be like you and go, good on you, mate. Get out there. Get good dream and encourage the person. And 10% of people will go, you're a fucking idiot. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, you, you're such an idiot. Like you've got this you got a stable income. You're going to disrupt the kid, you know, and, and they try and pull you down yeah. because of their insecurities. The crabs and their in the bucket. Yeah, it's just, and you look at those people and you're like, oh, you just, I just, I just, I feel, I feel genuinely sad for, for those people. 
Yeah, yeah. No, like when I hear people, I want to hear the chiropractor. Like I was, I remember I was smiling all the way home. I nearly was like, we had tears coming in my eyes because I just love seeing people doing something different that's not a societal or just, just having a go at something, you know, ex- like you said, exposing yourself to different stimulus because I don't know, you know, what path my life might take because I won't expose myself to new stimulus. And maybe it is like, well, I had this massive property and I, it turns out I wasn't much of a green thumb, but you had a fucking go. Or you well, found out you really took the, to the it. Worst, the worst that can happen is... We've moved to Queensland, lived here for a year, gave it a crack, and found out that it wasn't for us. But you know, I, I, when I was at my worst of my worst, I found this this philosophy, and I said I'd rather die standing than live life on my knees. Oh, and, oh yes, and that that just broke me out of so many of those models that that, that I was stuck in, and that were were causing harm and doing me a disservice. And I was like, just, and I say this to clients all the time, live bravely. Don't, don't live, don't be silly and put yourself in harm's way or danger or anything, but, but live courageously, be brave and, and, and live in this sense of you know, trust the seaworthiness of your own ship. You are the ultimate creator. You get to, you get to live a very closed mediocre in terms of what you're doing life and, and that's okay I'm not going to judge anyone that's choosing that path that's that's for them and, and fine but just know that there's so much more available to you there is there is and and we'll, we'll, I think we'll know because I know for me it's like there was this it was just something always crying out from inside. Just go, oh, come on, there's more than this. There's I, more. Well, turn, turn, my, my, my frame for it is I turn left instead of right. So the norm, society, everyone's going that way. You know, we bought a house at the start of COVID when everyone's like, don't buy it. That's too, it's, you know, we turned left then instead of right. Everyone's like, right, settle in, you know, get a comfortable job. And I turn left instead of right. Let's move to Queensland. It's, 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 if you start practicing this turn left instead of right, you'll find yourself in the fucking wildest places with the wildest people. And, and it's <laughs> such an adventure. And it's so, you're just like, wow. And it's just this epic journey. And you just, you, know, you, you find yourself playing golf on a nine hole golf course in Bhutan. And this dude's just got a hole in one, and he's just like, "How the f-? M and I at least once a week we turn around and go, how the fuck did we end up here?'" And <laughs> and, I, and I sent her, she she sent that to me in a text. She goes, just randomly, "How did we end up here?" And I said, something along the lines of, "Because we're we're just adventurers, and we don't subscribe to the norm, and we get out and we we give it a crack, and and we're just amazing." And then she just sent all these love heart emojis. Oh my god, I love you for saying that. And it was, but it was true. Like we, that, that's what we're doing, and and that's that's you know we're yin and yang, so we're we're different on that level. But we are we are both explorers and adventurers. And so and so, I'm just trying to think of the people listening. So it's like okay, let's say that because everyone has uh, different, I suppose, risk tolerances, you know, and that's not a set thing. But it's like maybe it doesn't mean you know selling up everything and going somewhere but maybe for you it's like you know i want to start playing i have this part of me that's like i want to be more social and start you know playing soccer 
where I would make a team and play on a Thursday night. But then you've put it off for like years because you're like, no, nah, I can't do that because Thursday night, you know, we've got this on with the family and, you know, I'll, I'll get injured because I'm old. It's like yeah, maybe that's your that opportunity to turn left as opposed to right. No, for that person, that should sell everything and move to Italy and start playing at a local soccer club in Italy. Uh <laughs> <laughs> or Brazil, you know, go to Brazil. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> no, it, it is. It, it, if, if, and it's, it's about noticing, noticing that limiting belief, notice that anxiety trying to protect you and keep you in your comfort zone. A comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. Or a ship is safe in harbour, but that's not what ships are built for. We're not built or designed the meaning of life isn't to live a nine-to-five job and wear the gun handcuffs and then retire and die. You know, we're here for so much more than that. We've, we've, we've been given this gift, like in the grand scheme of the universe, we're in this tiny, tiny little window and, and we're going we're gonna to spend this miracle slaving away and, and making other people rich or, or just burning ourselves out it's it's nonsensical when you look at it sort of from that angle oh and at the end of it when we do we spoke about you know when we do get to the point of everything slowing down and we lose that identity that we've had then we're kind of just left with a conglomeration of memories and i've never heard one person go oh i'm just so glad that i didn't take all those risks i'm so glad that i didn't do a b and c everyone's like i'm fucking glad that i gave things a crack the things that did work out the things i didn't at least i lived life and had a go at these various things and the things that you talk about you know we, we spoke about in a podcast the, the the rounds of golf where the weather was hectic you know i feel sorry for the fair weather golfers oh no it's raining i'm not going to go out and play oh it's too windy i'm not going to play they're waiting for the perfect conditions to go out and you know, if I say I'm playing golf, I'll go. I'm committed to it. I will go and play golf. And if it rains, it rains. If it's windy, it's windy. It's, uh, but they're the rounds, and you go. Oh, I remember that. And I hit this one shot, and it was, you know, and we got soaking wet, and it took it took me a week to dry out. But that, that's that's the things that we talk about because that's that's life. That's that's living, Barry. We had a go. We had a crack, mate. Things. But. Um, Motivation is another one I just want to finish up on, and that's been a bit of a theme for the week as well. Mm-hmm. And we talk to clients about two types of motivation in terms of change, so it's pretty um, congruent with what we've just been talking about. Uh, there's this I have to sort of motivation, which is more productivity-based, and it feels like a chore. I have to go to work. I have to take the kids to this. I have to do that. Then there's the vitality-based motivation, which is more I want to, so we're more passionate about it. I want to go to work today. I want to take the kids because I love seeing them thrive and you know, whatever. But then there's there's one that sits behind all that, and it's this I get to motivation. And this has come up with people this week, clients that are studying uh, and going to uni, and they're you know I, I'm. Oh, just procrastinating and I'm just, you know, I've, I've got all these assignments, I'll leave them to the last minute sort of thing, you know, the usual affair. And I started talking and I, and I was like, isn't it interesting if, if we get in, you know, I was looking at 
you can dangle a carrot in front of yourself and you can reward yourself. If I do my assignment, then I'll do this. Or you can create an accountability partner and get some external discipline, you know, to, to impose on yourself. Um, or you can use this, um, oh, I want to do it because uh, it's, it's stepping stone to getting a degree and that's going to take me to a, a job and that's going to give me money and the golden handcuffs. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait for them to get strapped on. Uh, but this, and I've never really thought about this before until this week. And it's like this, uh, I'd spoken about I gets to, but I hadn't really dived into it as I did it during the week. And it's, I, I guess we take so much for granted. And, and this I get to, it's, it's a gratitude-based motivation. It's a, I have the means to go and study higher education or to improve my lot in life. Or I, I, I have running water and a roof over my head and a place where I get to study. I have a laptop. I have a computer and I can afford one. I have arms and legs that, that function and work um, in a way that allows me to type and walk around and do things. I don't live in a war-torn country or third-world country. I'm not in survival mode fighting for, for food and water every day. You know, and, and when you – so so – it's a luxury uh, having these assignments. It's a it's a luxury, and and they're complaining about having this luxury. And and we weren't talking about it in a derogatory term, but we were being playful with it. I'm like, so essentially, you're having a cry about being so rich that you can go to university, and and you, oh, poor you, you're getting these assignments. Oh no, you know? and. When you hold them up in contrast to to all those other examples, it it does. It, you know the the arguments uh, become redundant. It's sort of it's it's just a ah, uh, and it was really it was it was ego shrinking for them. It was oh oh god oh that's yeah yeah I'm doing that aren't I? I'm like well yeah without any judgment you are doing it, but you know, now that you've shone a light on it, yeah, and and what it did was it created this mental shift for them, so it shifted them out of this. I'm procrastinating. I have to do it. I have to. And it, it really shifted that energy. And now there's more enthusiasm to go and complete the task. And, 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 and more than enthusiasm, there was this sense of gratitude that I get to go and do these assignments. So it was just Yeah, yeah. I would, I would maybe call that, uh, yeah, motivation. They call it uh, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, where it's like intrinsic, where I'm motivated from within for some reason. <laughs> extrinsic yeah. I'm motivated by the outside like yeah, I've got to go to work so I've got to get that paycheck got to pay the bills um and then yeah inspiration I think inspiration is when we can really link whatever we're doing to our overall values as a human being and so mm -hmm. maybe it is like man I desperately want to be a forensic scientist and that's just like, well, I can't wait but then I'm doing these boring modules at uni and I'm like fuck I hate these I don't want to do them but I've lost the link I can't link what I'm doing right now to what my real values and aspirations as a human being are as soon as I can make that link then all of a sudden it becomes that it's a stepping stone on the way of my life and where I want it to go and now I get to do it as opposed to I have to do it well we subconsciously prioritize things so anything that we see as a chore or, you know, it's going to require an effort or whatever, that's where it drops down the priority list and we will start to do everything but that. And and then, you know, because there's deadlines usually and things, when the deadline starts, deadline starts moving closer and closer, so that activates us into, ah, oh, shit, i got to get that now and then we rush through it. Urgency. 
yeah. So, but the funny, funny thing places. is, I, I I kind of find as well for me, it's like those things that I, yeah, I'm not wanting to do, and then when you push them to the side, they in your mind they become like a much bigger thing than what you think. It's like, oh god, that's going to take me ages. I don't even want to get started on that. But then if you actually sink your teeth into it and you like get it done in half an hour, you're like. Oh, I could have done this weeks ago. It's really easy. But that you st- you store it in the storage room with all this other stuff, and so it becomes that one little thing accrues and accumulates with all these other things, and it becomes a big thing. So all of a sudden, it becomes the elephant. I'm imagining like, oh, a hoarder. Just- I'm imagining a hoarder with yeah. the attic just full of shit. It's like, please yeah. get rid of this stuff. But it's also interesting because I always look at what I'm experiencing before I offer it to clients and, you know, I've, I've come up here and it's, you know, the part of the coming up here was to start working on these client resources and doing some, you know, all the, the back end of the business sort of stuff and start producing more content and everything. And, you know, it's been eight months and I haven't gotten around to doing much of it, but, I've got to be mindful as well that I came up here with that as a goal, but there's been a fucking lot of other things to do as well. So I'm so grateful that I learned, you know, to, and this is something we teach the clients as well, to not have an expectation that I have to go up there and do this. I should be doing this. There's no attachment in there. It's a goal and it's still a goal and I'm still working towards that goal, but it's just taking me longer than I initially thought because I hadn't lived on 40 acres before and I haven't had to do everything that comes with this as well. So, yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act there. Are you saying there's a bit of upkeep to 40 acres? It's not just jump out on the mower for 10 minutes that kind of thing? Well, upkeep to 40 acres, um, working on our relationship because that really, you know, just living together full time, 24-7, that revealed some things. So we, we attended to that and now that's wonderful. The other garden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, we're building Your relationship a- garden, Nick. We're- Come on, man. Yeah, all right. We're building. Uh, there's, been, there's, been, there's been a lot, a lot there to attend to. So... Um, but I'm still feeling, I still feel that link. I still feel connected to, you know, writing the book and getting that out there. And it's interesting because Shane's writing a book. Did you get a copy of it? No. Oh, I did. Oh, look at you smiling. I got one. Oh, you didn't get one. I was just trying to poke your ego there because it's so easy to poke. But... Not today. Not today. All right. Um. Yeah, so Shane's Shane's written a book and, and he's he's got the the what's what's the copy before it goes to publishing? Um, uh, he's getting people to the proofread draft it. or something. Yeah, the draft. Yeah, uh, and you know, in the past, I would have resented the fact that he'd done it, and because uh, I would have been yeah. I would have been disappointed within myself, so I wouldn't have had happiness within myself, so I wouldn't have been able to give that happiness to Shane. And, um, but no, obviously, thankfully, during the work, I reckon I didn't have that attachment that I should have written a book by now. So I didn't see it as competition. And so I was content within myself. And then when Shane asked me to proofread, and I'm just so proud of him for, for knuckling down and writing his book. And I, I want, I've written a, a part of it for the, the meditation part of it. 
um, uh, I'm trying to support him as much as I can and happy to promote and everything. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting coming from that version of me in the past. It was like, ah, oh, he's doing I haven't done that. Right. Distortion, distortion, suffering. Comparison, the thief of Yeah, joy. yeah, yeah. Comparing is a, a cognitive distortion. So to, to sit in there going, oh, how wonderful. This dude's written a book and it's an important book and I hope a lot of people read it and uh, I can't wait to be a part of it and, you know, help him out with it. So, yeah. Long story short. Congratulations, Shano. Like, we'll have to get him on once it actually gets released. Yeah, for the release. Totally. Yeah. Um, yes, you get a mention in there. You get a, you get a little tickle. I think that's there. just passed little... straight through me, I, whether I do or but don't. It has not. You, uh, I can see the energy. He's going, Nick, oh. Nick you, whatever you're saying is a distortion <laughs> of your own ego, a misperception. <laughs> That one as, soon as, hang, as, as soon as we hang up, there'll be this, yes, you'll be like Ace Venture. Yes, yeah. Melissa, order 10, 10 copies of this book. <laughs> Show me only the page that I mentioned on. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting when I started proofreading it. I noticed a part of me going, uh, Should we just skip to where we see if he mentions us yet? Should we just, uh, <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Really? It's so, yeah, but, it's a- but then I sat with that. Interestingly, I sat with that and realized it wasn't ego. It was just to see if what he'd written about MindFit was going to be presented in the, in the way that it actually is. And, and thankfully, it was. So sounds like ego to me. From. <laughs> well, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> all right, let's wrap it up. I'm busting for a piss. Go on, quick. What yeah, is I've it? Got, I've got one more thing, but it's going to be the next episode. Ooh, gonna, gonna, should we give a teaser? Gonna, yeah, it's it's mm, it's the do's and don'ts. The do of what? Of of life. Mentally health. Of staying oh. mentally healthy. Right, the do's and don'ts. Do's All right, don'ts. that's exciting. So I've got a, got a bit of a list. You can do some work if you no. That's a bothered. don't for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've written a list of do's and don'ts. You're welcome to add to that list if if it pops up in your head. Uh, I'm going to and- marinate on it for a week. I'm going to come up with some absolute rippers. I can feel it. Okay. All right. Oh, I look forward to. Saying what you do or don't come up with. Brilliant. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. What should we call this episode? What was this about? Uh, I've forgotten already. <laughs> well, it was balanced like the yin and the yang. That, that I feel that was yeah. a really important point. Yeah. I think if, if listeners, if you can really take away that, I reiterate it, just really have a look at your life and the way you've operated and go, you know, what well, we're and being brave, yeah, true. Yeah, but you can only really be brave when you're in balance, I think. Yes. If you're too far one or the other, it's too hard to to trust and get out of your comfort zone. Anything. So yeah. being brave from balance or something. Being brave from balance. All right. Bit of a mouthful, but we'll go with that. All right. Peace out, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.